0: Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're good. Let's put my frame on so I don't feel naked. I think that's all working all right, but I just had a bit of a scare. camera wasn't working, couldn't hear the rather loud intro music, etc. So uh, do let me know, as ever. And I promise you that if you keep just letting me know for a few more shows, then I won't keep asking next year. (laughs) I won't keep coming on these things, paranoid that you can't hear me. I'm Jack Chu. We come here weekdays... 12.30 till one to chew it over whatever's topical at the time and we are coming to our last few shows so this week I have promised myself a couple of weeks off for Christmas at least from this uh, at least from some bits of my work and so uh, no show tomorrow uh, because the kids are are now in nursery uh, not full-time but uh, essentially in a couple of days and Charlotte's back at work today's her first day and so tomorrow I'm in childcare duties in the afternoon, so no show tomorrow. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, be some really great shows about summarising uh, what's been a, a mad year. So I've got Evie Martin on on Wednesday. Rob Bevan's joining me to talk about business and clinic stuff and what the adaptations have been required of us, uh, as well as announcing a co-project that me and Rob have got together. And then on Friday going to do a show in which I've made a a few notes of some deep reflections as to my take on the year, um, which I really hope you can join me for. So if you're going to tune into one show this week, then make sure it's the Friday one. But of course, I want you on the journey with us all together in the next uh, few days uh, as we summarize and uh, contemplate what the year's brought us. And then I'm off for a couple of weeks and then back in the new year, um, bigger and better than ever. Uh, So I'm going to stop asking as to whether you can hear me or not every time we open every show. Uh, also, going to turn the volume down on that music as it doesn't blare in your ears quite as loud uh, at the start and end of ev- every show. But otherwise, it's all gone down rather well. We're now at seventy-one tuning it over episodes. Can't believe that's happened, um, and it seems to be proving fairly popular. Thanks to those that join us live, of course. But then people then tune in on the commutes, etc. As many podcasts uh, uh, do wherever it might be Facebook YouTube etc but then also it's available on Spotify and things like that as an audio podcast and people are uh, then getting in touch with me a few days later telling me that they've been listening weighing in on the uh, conversation su- suggesting topics and, and, get, and posing questions and so that's been really interesting and useful so uh, many thanks to those of you that have that have joined um, and, and joined the conversation which is what it's all about of course so Without further ado, I'm going to go to uh, our questions that that have been submitted. Well, (laughs) reflections first on on what has been uh, an announcement that we made on Friday, I think it was, that it's our birthday, PhysioMatters was born in December of 2013. And so it's often, you know, summarize a year, it feels like a time for contemplating. I'm very guilty of that. I also do a lot of business strategizing around December. Clinically, things have always typically quietened off. Well, my second opinion work becomes a very congested. Think about way back when. So I used to be a sort of consultant to sports clubs, and so your schedule for all games starts to really bunch up, and so typically it's not a good time for for really doing much in way of sort of second opinion intervention stuff. Um, and so things used to quieten down. So we used to strategize business stuff. So I've always tried to earmark this sort of time of year for that sort of thing. Um, and it's also when we launched the podcast. So we sort of review some numbers and things like that. And, and what was useful as we were doing that was to notice that we'd gone over the 2.5 million downloads that Physio Matters has had across its uh, various, I mean, the main thing is the main show. But then also we sort of summarized how many live streams we, we've done, excluding these ones. And it's just been a really interesting journey uh, for us to have been on to realize that 2.5 million downloads over the course of seven years of monthly episodes, uh, ever, cr- ever closer to that, you know, that hundred months uh, which will be exciting not next year year after of course we get to that uh, we don't want to rush things don't want to throw out some if we tossed it up all the bonus episodes and stuff of course we've done more than 100 podcasts but that 100 months is, uh, is an exciting milestone for us to get to and so it's been a real time of contemplation for me trying to work out what what, what it was we, we set this up for you know what did we start physio matters for Has it achieved some of its goals all of its goals any of uh, the things that we hoped and dreamed of and in all honesty, and I'm, I'm happy to take some questions on that if you do have any, uh, but uh, really, I'm, I'm fascinated to, to try and work out uh, really what uh, how, has been achieved, what has changed, what has moved. It feels like sometimes the arguments are circular, and sometimes I think we contribute to that uh, in, a, in a positive way, and sometimes maybe in a negative way, and there's little lessons to learn across the way. But I'm definitely interested in and feel free to pose any questions. I know that some of them have come in and we're going to visit those in later shows. But if you've got any thoughts as to what it means to you, then that's been really nice to see on social media as we celebrate. Also means that we've got some prizes that we're giving away, some presents. So check out physio-matters.com forward slash birthday. And you will then be able to select for a dynamometer. We're giving away some merchandise from our store, online course for rheumatology, physio. Marketing Consultation, Darren Campbell's sign book, a few different things that you can enter prizes for, enter us to win prizes there and select your prize uh, as a thank you to you all uh, for for this wild journey that we've had seven years, 2.5 million downloads, madness. Um, But a big question I want to ask the live audience above all else is I'm going to touch on this at the end of this show. and really want to talk to you about this. So a lot of people have been asking, do I set New Year's resolutions? either personally or for the business or whatever. Um, and it's been a really interesting question. I want to flip it on you and say, is that something you bother with? Is it something that you care about? Is that, um, you know, is that something you indulge? I mean, I'm, I'm so, I've got my answer to that. I'm happy to visit it. And uh, I will be talking about that at the end of the show. But I want to ask you that, you know, is that something that you do? Is that something that you set on a personal level? Is that something that you, you know, might set yourself for on your team, your family? um do you i suppose i'm interested especially if if you set yourself something like that for your business or for the projects that you're that you're involved in that sort of interests me as well so do uh, let me know uh, and join the conversation in in that way at the end of the show um but the, the bigger one that came uh most frequent convo- a question that was asked uh and it's asked over the years of course but recently as we announced the the uh the Podcast to have hit 2.5 million downloads. People then saying, "Well, how can you have uh, I've had so many people listen? How can you have so many guests on, but you still remain daft?" And uh, and of course, that's one of the things that's been interesting is that if you interview the best and brightest in the industry, the actual experts, as I describe it, then does any of it rub off? You know, does it, do, you, do you actually? Is there any development that goes on there? And if so, how does that work educationally? Um, is that something that can be replicated? Is that something that can inform on an educational theory level? Um, is that something that you know, I'm often asked, is that something you would advise? You know, is there is there a case that that um, if students get chance to interview or grill people is that something that would be then uh an, an atmosphere in which they would then learn or that would be a good way of them digesting new information and i'm often obviously we don't know and it's something that's difficult to really pass in in the literature and in the educational literature so i've got a few answers to it and i'm willing to to talk about it but it's definitely something that we've been said over the years often as a you know fun a fun piece of uh of banter really is to say how can you have uh, interviewed the best and brightest in the game but still be stupid that's been a been a fun thing that people enjoy uh accusing us of but also you know i think um really I, i'm most interested in the um the way in which we can transmit and translate that knowledge for you guys you know it's always sort of fascinating for me to try and work out who's who's learned from what we're doing you know it's an education piece really it's something that um, that matters more than the actual person that's uh, that's that's doing the interview. Um, so uh, happy, as I said, I can talk about how, how it was made and things like that. People sometimes bothered, but what I want to uh, first touch on, um, as well as you guys posting the comments as to whether or not you bother with or or engage with or you're going to participate in any sort of New Year's resolution type stuff. And we'll come to that in a second. But yeah, so let's first bit. Does anything rub off on this? I think one of the things that's um, the whole point of it really in many ways at the start was just because I really wanted to pick the brains of some of the smart folk that sort of were running courses I couldn't afford to go on. or I, I wanted to try and perpetuate a message and be an offer at least the devil's advocacy, if not a critical eye, and, and, and truly try and bring a journalistic style that wasn't just nod along agreeable. Because I felt like that was something that was already out there even at that time. It was still very early in podcasting and the infrastructure was, was tough. Uh, you know, you had to set up your own RSS feed and have an independent media host and stuff. It wasn't super complex for coding purposes, but it was still uh, the bar to entry was a bit higher, which meant that we we joined and, and weren't necessarily then competed with by, by too many too quickly. Uh, helped us get a bit of a foothold. And I think we're very fortunate for that. But I think one of the things that's interesting is that when I've talked to so many folk in the, in the industry, as well as then the, my team, of course, have then taken over many of those uh, interviews, is that, yeah, I do think that there's something that can rub off. I don't think you can you know imagine it would be, uh, be too uh, too easy if you could just try and leach all that information. So when you're actually conducting an interview, as if you can then draw on all of the, the goodness that's being shared or that, that person's views across a, a topic that they've studied for, for many decades often. Um, but I think that sometimes what I've noticed is but when there's such consistency that kind of emerges from them, you, you really find yourself noticing that. And so you might be interviewing, if you think back to that first year, you might interview Lee Herriton, Ian Horsley, Mike Stewart, Seth O'Neill, then it was like into Anne Gates and, and um, Richard Bennett. Uh, so it's just a brilliant a brilliant first year when you look back at those podcasts. And I'm just, then if you extend that into the years, is that there's such unique topics uh, but then what are the commonalities and start to really, and they, they sort of naturally emerge. Now, the listeners might, I hope, notice that. But as an interviewer, you're really acutely attuned to that, whereby often in quick succession, you've got the echoes of the previous conversation or the interview rattling around in your in your mind. And so therefore, you sometimes it might even colour your questions into the next interview. And so. What, you, what you're looking for is themes to emerge. So consistently, people might be saying, look, it's all about being trying to trying to create a decent rapport and have good communication skill with your patients and trying to elicit good information. Don't neglect your subjective cues, uh, empathize appropriately, try and get people on side try and inspire lifestyle changes that are going to be much more interesting than the fleeting changes that you can do with your your hands or your exercises in clinic and you know these are sorts of things that came through very early doors don't underestimate the power of education be that from seth o'neill saying look you want to educate them as to what's going on with their tendon and then motivate them to actually comply with the homework you might be giving them to of course someone like mike stewart then talking about educational theory and the way in which that might be able to influence pain neurobiology um just fascinating commonalities that are emerging and i'm just talking about a few podcasts seven years ago that are, that are spaced out uh, only by a few months but then what i've reflected on from this question coming in so regularly is that i think that one of the things that's most useful is not necessarily like being that the, their smartness rubs off on us quite literally because it's certainly you know i don't necessarily think uh I think hopefully I'm a a bit older and wiser just as time passes and stuff. And hopefully some of it you do get smarter. But it's not necessarily just by you being able to absorb that knowledge, because really that's not that much different to a listener. And I hope we're all smarter for the back of listening to these brilliant people. But I think as as an interview, especially with the raw, uncut conversations, the thing that's different is I think you're really looking for, and I personally have found that you're really bothered about things being coherent across time. So you're often noticing if someone says something to in response to your question and it doesn't cohere, it not consistent appropriately with what the previous guests have said or what the commonalities, like five or six guests have then spoken on a the theme and clearly have an opinion in that direction. If there's something then that feels like it goes against that, not to say that that's wrong, you know, you don't want to succumb to groupthink, but it kind of highlights it quite Obviously, you know, so your you coherence is sort of a word that I'm using an awful lot at the moment is because I think that really matters is it, you know where is there a bit of hypocrisy is someone holding something that they do like to a different standard to something that they don't like is there is there a, a style of practice that they are really involved in that they then um, are positioning that in a different way to what a previous guest might have done even if they might agree on most things is there a difference there and i think that that's what as an interviewer and also as a team we've come to start of notice is that where are those inconsistencies and that doesn't just mean in the podcast it's like when you're observing and that's what we're doing we're sort of social commentators in our msk space but also then we're observing the landscape of what msk practices across that clinically educationally and then in policy even through mskr is like what are the common themes and threads, but where are the where is the coherence if it's there, or where is the incoherence? Where is the hypocrisy? Where is the double standard? And I hope that we've become decent arbiters of that. Like we don't mean we don't succumb to them sometimes. And you know I'm plenty accused of that. But it's kind of that that seems to be a real consistent thing we've come to notice is that people are bothered about that. Um that coherence like we are people are frustrated sometimes at the fact that it it might not make sense and it doesn't mean everything you know things are messy it's complicated the field is complicated so part one of the things that's consistent and coherent is the fact that it's complicated we don't know everything i'm not saying that everything has to make perfect sense but it's just that then the train of thought and the broader narrative of what we're doing as an industry you know where are we up to and how does that how does things sometimes? I offer it to a guest and say, "How does that? How do you square this circle? You know, how does that cohere with this point that's been made?" And then then say, "Well, I disagree with that. I think we've moved on from it." Or they say, "Oh, I'll miss misphr- I've misphrased that. If you don't think that that's compatible, here's why I think it's compatible." That's that thing of just trying to make sure that obviously where there's differences, there's differences, and that's great. But actually, this this uh, thing that's been picked up on more than knowledge rubbing off on us i think as a team we've come to realize that we're observing trends and themes in such a way now there's an argument though that we then don't get chance as much as we used to to get into the weeds of a topic to really read every paper around the literature of a guest that we're on so that you can understand who they're um who, who they're who even are the authors in agreement and who are the who are their academic nemeses that, that disagree and, and trying to make sure that they then understand and, and, and get chance to you pose that argument to them as part of devil's advocacy if you need to and stuff. I think probably we don't get chance to get into that granular detail as much as we'd like to. We've got plans in 2021 to try and redress that with some other interesting styles of content. And it's one of the things that Physio Matters Plus as a membership platform is going to help us to unlock. Is we're going to be able to have that really tight um microscopic where we need to view as well as the bird's eye view. And so that that's been something that we've learnt from. But you know, as to the question as it was, you know, does anything rub off from these uh actual experts and, and the best and brightest, I'd say that more than more than just their knowledge rubbing off. I think it's actually the opportunities for us to then understand the broad coherent narrative if it is one or any inconsistencies that might emerge from it and and trying to pick away and I often say scratch away at people's ideas and see what's what's underneath them you know is there anything that's been made superficial is there any deep bias that someone's not realizing and that's been one of the biggest pleasures and privileges of of, of my career to be honest always really interested uh from that now what I would uh, what I would then go on to say so we've had Physio Matters birthday we've then uh, been trying to work out what's rubbed off if anything uh jim's jim's posting uh here he is he's on periscope today what's he saying he said are the duration of your questions proportional to how long the podcast has been around yeah i don't know i have the question i think the questions got longer and then they've come down a little bit but they're still long but they've always been long so yeah uh he's also said 2.5 million downloads 40 to 50 thousand a month we're doing okay yeah he's uh he's allowing himself to indulge a bit of swagger today and i don't blame him i've been i've been pretty proud when i look at the numbers and mainly proud of what we've been able to achieve uh obviously always interested in in what you guys think and how it feels and how uh what it means to you and we're going to probably talk about that later in the week with some of our guests but yeah on to these uh new year's resolutions do you bother with them uh, people asking me that um, as to whether I do, uh, be both on a personal level, as a team, as a business, that sort of thing. Um, I really enjoyed what Joe Turner said. Was it last week, week before? And we've got some content coming out with her on TLC later this week, probably later today. And, um, and she had a brilliant point made about the fact that you don't set yourself a specific narrow goal in which you're just going to fall off the wagon on, it's like, have the first opportunity to look back over the year. And I think it's one of the things that Joe's that that has rubbed off on me is that she's then made me give chance to just reflect back on the year and then work out what, you know, that might unveil and has for me, unveil areas in which you'd like to improve, be that self-improvement, be that team improvement, be that broader business strategy stuff. And so the answer is, um, as was with Joe at the time, it's like, no, I don't set myself specifics. I mean, I I probably need to, you know, I could benefit from, especially because I have got when I need to, um, I'm better at uh, freakish levels of of self-determination. Sorry, um, what's it called? Willpower and uh, being determined is that if I just say no chocolate or something like that or, or just, you know make sure you run for an hour a day then for the sake of absolutism i can i can do that you know it's the it's the, it's the med- middle ground that sometimes i i then overindulge and i probably benefit from doing that like for fitness and for stuff like that especially if i could set a new year's resolution to actually sleep through the night then that'd be nice maybe i can set the kids that because uh, that's still a still a bother for my health but um i'm not one for and i don't think i used to not drink in january uh for a time um I don't know much drinking going on at minute either so it's uh it's not one for me to try and just try and overcome vices and stuff like that necessarily but i definitely do set myself i do calendar years as units of change of planning of strategy i find really useful it's one of the frustrating things i've found when running businesses is that you've got certain tax years or you've got your own uh potentially defining your own tax year uh, might be different to a calendar year and it's like strategically I like calendar years. I like quarters um, of those. Um, and I think that one of the reasons is because, you know, sort of family Christmas and stuff like that is kind of useful for us to sort of conclude and to, and to allow that uh, cultural boundary as it often occurs um, to, to really draw on. And I think that that's useful for me. Um, but it, admittedly, the boring answer to that question is, no, I don't. Typically, you know, for what New Year's resolutions are for some people, I will not do this or I swear to do this or whatever. I'm not as overt as that. But I definitely do find it to be a useful time of reflection as well as to set yourself some certain goals and markers and stuff. But uh, as I said, do pay attention to, to what Joe Turner's got coming out uh, today or tomorrow because uh, that's a that's a treat. It's really decent format for sort of reflecting and to, to, to make some appropriate and sustainable goals that, that you're not likely to just... Especially in a year like we've had, um, it'd be be useful to try something new, try something different, and to also take a bit of pressure off yourself to not just double down on 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 sort of one narrow sense of willpower uh, or one particular trait that you want to try and overcome or something like that. I think as the um, strategy goes, definitely as a as a team or as a business, I think it's useful to sort of set things out. I think it's a time where you're seeing that that map, that timeline projects when they need to rise and fall Um, especially if you're a company like ours where you've got certain event intervals where things necessarily get busy and you've got like a workflow strategy type thing that you need to try and sort out we produce content that needs to map out and and look at when that's going to rise and fall and make sure your systems are in place, and so I think that that's that's useful. Um, but they're not New Year's resolutions as much as they are just opportunities to regroup. And I think that that is decent. I think this year of all years, and I've said this is why this week's my last set of these shows, um, is because there is a chance that you could overindulge in that that moving that that chess playing uh, and that strategizing, and, and and not necessarily switching off um, as much and letting the cogs stop turning for a little bit. Now I've this is where i could be accused of hypocrisy maybe i'm going to succumb to the same mistake here as i'm saying um so forgive me if i if i do already but it's something i would say where possible that yeah you might down tools clinically you might not be coming into the office as i intend not to do but then in your diary therefore might be not bookable and therefore a bit cleaner and stuff and so if you then over in, in thinking and strategizing then potentially you're making a mistake to not really have the true downtime uh, that allows yourself that cognitive break or to or to get yourself out in nature and stuff as as I plan to. So as I say, I hope to I hope to practice what I preach here. Uh, really interested to uh, to see what your thoughts are. Let's have a little look at some of the some of the questions. Rheumatology It's Jim again. He's saying, what, "Are you going to chew over acupuncture again?" I'm intrigued. I don't think I've even touched on acupuncture and chewing it over, so I don't know what he's on about. But anyway, um, I'm happy to. Is that that a hot topic? Have I missed something on that? I know it's come back around. I saw it on Twitter a little bit, but it kind of bores me. Uh, But maybe we could visit that later in the week. Rob Bevan, awesome work. Looking forward to seeing what's in store for next year. And join me and Rob on Thursday it's going to be a really interesting reflections on, on the, on the business year, but also a big announcement from us as to what we've got in store, uh, for what's new, what's next year, which you'll be hinting at Joe Turner, sent some smiley faces there. Thanks for tuning in Joe. Really appreciate it. And as I've just said to you all, Big plug for, for Joe's work. She gave a better answer to New Year's resolutions than I did. Mine was a big fat No, not really. Uh, but also, you know, as I said, um, definitely a time for pondering, time for reflection. Many thanks for the questions that have been coming in. I hope I've done those justice today. Bit of a shorter show because we had a bit of a tech issue at the start and I'm going to wrap up now. Uh, but really appreciating everything that you guys are doing. And, and this is only as good as the network, really. Um, this this show particularly, but also all the work that we're doing is is pointless. Uh, it's all for you. And therefore, the minute that you don't start enjoying it, the minute that you feel that you can't feed back to try and offer a sense of self-improvement and be involved in PhysioMatters, in Therapy Live, in MSKR, of course, um, but also that all the work that we're doing and producing is to try to, at the heart of it, raise standards in not just education, but across MSK Healthcare and beyond. But generally speaking, raising standards across important issues that are close to my heart. And if... We don't create, we don't continue to work on the feedback loop that we've created uh, through the network we have, then it all falls down. And so uh, please don't be shy to get in touch wherever it might be that you listen to this stuff, but also privately on email. Info at physio-matters.com is the central email. But also, if you, if you have me on LinkedIn, I've been getting some lovely comments and messages on LinkedIn Messenger. I'm really trying to pay attention to all these channels and just say, like, Make sure I say thank you to enough people because you guys are just absolutely phenomenal uh, what you've done. And also later in the week, I need to start using these fancy ass Christmassy filters, don't they? Look at these. Very sweet. Right. I'm going to clear off. And massive thanks to tuning in. Please, if you're going to get one show this week, make it the Friday one. Let's finish it with a bang. I'm going to give some pretty heavy reflections on the year covid stuff all the other cultural features that have been going off this year uh, and get your questions in if you want there's anything you really want me to touch but uh definitely i'm going to look forward to friday's show all right take care and see you soon